know, listen, if you guys have just seen the the text going out on the Twitters, this is going to be a little bit of a different substance. I'm afraid of mindset, and I don't give a fuck right now. Now, so, we had to bring in I, some guys from the reserve team to buoyant, be in the subs bench. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, and we, we're going to do some more flamenco stuff up until the book comes out next year. I don't think we're going to follow up the second and third book, because I'm, at this point, not going to quit doing the pod anytime soon, because I, as I figured when I looked through all the rest of the books I have outlined, I'm going to be doing this well past well past 57, 58, 59. There you go. And I'm 43 right now. So this yep. is all people. You know what I'm I'll be in my 70s and I'm 58 now. Yeah. Which is, which is, I told my dad that because he, it's funny. My dad does not like social networking and never has. And it. Yeah. Well, he's a smart man. Took him in, oh, no, no. This is even funnier. It took him in until 2022 to get a, on Facebook page. So he was fishing around on my um, Facebook page, and I yeah. had marked you on something. And he knows that you exist, that you are my um, mm-hmm. co-host. And mm-hmm. he go, he verbally goes, "Oh, so you know, someone your co-host is your age." I'm like, "No, he's not." I'm like, "Dad, Duffy's damn close to sixty at this point." Yeah. So, but he, yep. he, he yeah, he was thinking, he goes, now, I can't live in Seattle, and he was back, because I told him you were from Nebraska, because that's where his family's originally from. Oh, yeah, like, we, nah. we're hardy stock as uh, Cornhuskers. Yeah, he's like, now, if you lived it, if you lived in Nebraska still, I would go out there, and I'd come out with him, and so we could all go out there and see him, he goes, I'm not going to Seattle. I've seen way too many Portland games. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I, now, and I have no problem with the city of Seattle on a whole. Yeah, because well, it's funny. I, it's funny because I, when I've moved here, I've been here since 1979. So, uh, and I loved it. I thought Seattle's a beautiful city. It's awesome. And, and Tacoma was the aroma of Tacoma. I mean, Tacoma's been great once they tore the smelter down, the Asarco smelter that made the whole city stink. So the aroma of Tacoma, it was, you know, and, and you see Seattle, it's just gone down. I mean, it's, it's a mess, you know, it's right now it's a mess. I don't drive into the city anymore. Like for games, I'll take the light rail. Cause hey, I just don't want my car broken into. Yeah. Uh, and now Tacoma is, is nice. You know, it's, it's on the, on the up and it's on the up. Everything's great. You know, and they have, I mean, of course they have their areas too. You don't want to go down South Tacoma way if you can avoid it. Uh, you know, but it's just like, I was telling to a friend of mine, I said, yeah, when we were in high school, Seattle was awesome and Tacoma was a shithole. And now that I'm, you know, old <laughs> Tacoma is nice and Seattle is a shithole. So, uh, yeah. but that being said, if you got, like, if you want to go to a game and you hit downtown, I mean, you'll be fine. You know, uh, yeah, just that, don't go cool. down third Avenue where the, the fentanyl smokers are and you should be okay. Yeah, see, that's the thing with with every big city you live in. Because I've I mean, I've been in Buffalo for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, like, they'll get it. They'll a, figure it out. Hopefully. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of great places in Buffalo mm-hmm. to go, and it's obviously changed a lot in twenty years. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of places I wouldn't go 
and yeah. I'm six foot three and don't smile, and I have no issue walking mm-hmm. through places. I mean, I I, I I I live in a place that used to have a um, crack house on the corner. It's yeah, actually not. It was refurbished, and it's actually a real nice um four bedroom house now. Which That's is usually how it works too. The they the areas that are really bad, they end up hitting rock bottom and then they clean it out and it becomes kind of nice and you know so but that's okay yeah and it's weird and it's, and it's always your generation too that are cleaning it up it's not yeah my... oh well you know what can i say yeah because there's a there's an area down by me before we get back in soccer that mm. um when i first moved here rhode island in 14 i think it's 14 was yeah. just junk I walked, I take an, I take a mile and a half walk every day because I'm still getting over my end of COVID. I, yeah. I have always taken an, a mile walk and I lost, I lost in the last year, 65 to 70 pounds. I'm mm-hmm. thin, yeah, but good. yeah, so I took, I took a back way walk down Rhode Island. It's the most hip place I've been in Buffalo. Yeah, there you go. It's so clean. There's, there's a well, as you know, being in hipster capital of the world, there's a (laughs) coffee, there's a coffee store, a bit, um, yeah, there's a coffee place, a beer, uh, a bar, and a um, vape, vape dealer on every corner. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, if the pandemic has done anything, it's weeded out a boatload. Uh, of Starbucks. I mean, there was a Starbucks down in the city I live in. I used to go when I lived down in the valley. I used to head down. That was one of my little spots, and it's gone now. You know, and then there's one down the hill from me where I live now, and they they rarely they're open. You know, the drive-throughs open a lot, but they don't always open inside because they 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 don't have any staff. You know, so the the eternal uh, staffing issue is still there, but, but Hey, that's a, that's our other pod, the uh, Duffy and Stevens urban planning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we have, we definitely have views that could get us canceled in five states and <laughs> probably, and probably Canada with. Yeah, with. we would be, uh, we would be in trouble. We'd probably be facing some kind of charges. I don't know. Maybe it might be fun. Oh, though. Yeah. Yeah, especially since I'm the one that's got the Jameson next to me. But anyway, we've been off for about a month. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're going to talk about flamenco towards the end of the month. And but mm-hmm. I, we do have a good we do have a good portion to talk about about at the beginning of this is that obviously Delphi's watching the Sounder CTL mm-hmm. game right now, and we do know, and he does know that they they're through to the fun. So it's oh man, like, Stephen Fry. The rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated because, you know, he got hurt last year and he had that knee injury and then he had some blood clots. And when he came back, you know, he looked he did not look sharp. And, uh, you know, and we're thinking, man, may put Cleveland back. But man, Steph is back. I mean, he he stood on his head in the second half. Um, What a you know, there are some crazy point blank saves you made and i i'm not quite sure if uh new york's strategy of trying to beat the sounders up was 
sound. I mean, it kind of play. I mean, they, it's a wonder they didn't get a second goal the way they were had the Sounders under pressure in the second half. And granted, I'm sure the Sounders are quite willing to absorb because they already, they had a three goal advantage. They're up four, one or four, two, uh, at what well, the point they were up four, two, you know, said, so, wow, they still have a, they're still looking pretty good, you know, but, uh, you know, when you're just trying to bull over people, especially when you're trying to bleed off the clock and, you know, we have a lot of, you know, because uh, I see a lot of people online were were just lambasting the Sounders for the dark arts, you know, the time wasting. and yeah, But, you know, like it or not, that's, that's soccer, man. That's a part of the game. It's, you know, the dark arts suck when they're against you. When you are uh, when you are trying to get a goal and you know they're time wasting and it works against you, but you know when you do it, it's a thing of beauty. And it was great to see Raul get his first goal of the season, which I I had not realized that I had thought he had scored one in the Motagua Champions League game, but apparently not. And uh, you know, firing all cylinders now. You know, Rusnak starting to play well with the team. Ladero's healthy. Rui Diaz is healthy. Jao Paulo, I don't think that guy gets hurt. He's healthy. I mean, our big guns are blazing. So I'm excited. I think we actually have a good chance of being uh, CCL champions, which would be cool because, you know, then the World Club Cup. Can you imagine a Man City, Sounders, Champions League Club World Cup final. I mean, granted, I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself. We still got to take care of business. Yeah, and so yeah, it was good. It was a good game. So, well, I'm still watching it because I went out yeah. last night and I just got the alerts. But I tape, you know, I tape all the games. So which which is smart. I mean, but I mean, I know you kids would get rock star lives yeah. over there with going out late. So mm-hmm. so that and when I would. When I was writing, you know, for Proust, I had to tape the game because it was hard enough. I couldn't couldn't always take notes during the game, so I would watch the game live, and then I would come home and 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 speed through the game. You know, watch the game again on 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 video, and then I would put my story together. Uh, made for some long long uh, day work days the next day because you know you get home at. 9 30 10 o'clock and then you write your story and you're getting to bed 11 11 15 you're getting up at three you know but hey it was fun you know so but hey you know i like to see a big crowd hopefully we can get a big crowd for the ccl it kind of sucks for new york that they that they um they can't play at yankee stadium because it's not approved by Concacaf. but i also heard an article i don't know where i saw it but they're they were talking about maybe putting city NYCFC in Staten Island and maybe um, uh, I think they should try to part. What they should do is try to partner with Rooney, you know, rugby United New York and, and see if they could come up with a stadium that they could share. Uh, and, you know, cause right now I think uh, Rooney is playing in Coney Island. I'm, but don't quote me on that. Um, and cause they got to get out of Yankee stadium because for a team, they've got some really good skill and they play really good football, but you can't, you can't play football 
in Yankee Stadium. You just can't because it's too small. It's too narrow, and the Yankees won't do anything to assist you. Like, don't move the mound. God forbid, you know. <laughs> and you have a there's a machine that is, that's out there that will remove the whole mound for you and keep it intact because that's what Rainier, the Tacoma Rainiers did when the Defiance were playing in Tacoma. They just had a, uh, a thing, and it would just pick up the literally pick up the mound and just set it off on the side, and then they would play the game. They just lay sod over it, and then they could just pull the sod up, put the mound back when the when the Rainiers were playing. So, you know, because yeah, when yeah, the rain, because yeah. they had the rain, they had the Defiance in that stadium too, and now the rain is in Seattle playing at Lumen and the defiance. I think they have two games scheduled. They're still called the Tacoma defiance, but they have two games in Cheney and most of them are at Starfire. And this, you know, with MLS next uh, and all the money that they, all the ticket sales and stuff, all of that's just going to charity to the Ray foundation, which is Sounders charity arm. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so that's cool. But yeah, I was excited. I was glad to see his win. So, uh, Another final for Brian Schmetzer. I mean, that guy is just great at getting his teams in finals. You know, four MLS Cup finals, League's Cup final, and now a CCL final. So, is is he is that? I mean, because he's got to be above and beyond. Uh, well, he's got to be close, or if not beyond, um, um, Bruce Arena at this point. Uh, I don't know, because Bruce has had such a head start. Uh, you know, Schmetz has been a head coach, I think, well, 2016. So, what's the math? This is his seventh season, I think. So, he's got seven years. And Bruce, shit, Bruce has been a manager since 96, <laughs> at some capacity. You know. Yeah. And Bruce so, is, what, 70? He's, point? and I think Schmetz is like 59. I think he's a year older yeah. than me. Uh, yeah, because Schmetzer looked, and it's funny when I I saw that because there's a lot of coaches that look like because like that I'm a Kansas alum and the Jayhawks just won the national title, and mm -hmm. we 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 like to joke with it is Bill Self's not as old as people think he is. Yeah, so and that's the same thing with Schmetzer is you would think with how long he's been around that he mm -hmm. would be um, like because Bill Self is just. 60 right now. Yeah. And he's got his second title. I mean, if you look at him personally, he doesn't look 60. He yeah. look, he, he's like you. I mean, he's 59. This, he's, he'll be 60 at the end of the year. But it, it's, that's the same, you that's look the same at, thing. With, yeah. You look kind of look at Schmetz's co coaching pyramid, who he's coached under, you know, Fernando Clavillo, when he was assistant coach for the Seattle Sea Dogs, which was a – uh, an indoor soccer team uh, that was owned by the owner of the Sonics uh, very accurately. And they'd won the title in the, literally the last year the league existed there in the Continental Indoor Soccer League. And he was uh, Fernando Clavillo's assistant coach, you know, and then he was Ziggy's assistant coach here. He coached in the USL for the Sounders, you know, so, um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, there you go. Ziggy and Clavillo. Clavillo was, was, was a good coach and he was just a great a great uh ambassador for the game site so kind of like uh i just got a one thing i i learned i had to go back to work when i had covid because damn ebay is yeah. the death of the death of me and i ended up getting seattle sea dogs uh 
media guide I found from 1996. And then I got the 2002 U.S. Uh, soccer, you know, World Cup guide. And, you know, Mooch Myernick, if you remember him, was an assistant coach when he, he had a heart attack and, and killed over. He used to coach the Rapids and uh, just a great another guy, especially in the early days of, you know, when U.S. soccer got serious. Because you think U.S. soccer has been around forever. But yeah. other than the very beginning, they were serious. But there was a stretch, you know, from, God, 50, you know, maybe until 90 that they – until they qualified for the 90 World Cup that they would have like three or four games a year or five games a year. I think they would go into the CONCACAF and get knocked out, and then they were done. They had never had any friendlies or very little because you look at you look at the, the history – of the national team, there is a real blank spot basically for like 20 years where they just had one or two games or three or four and nothing, you know, you know, it could be the most, go ahead. You had the 80s. You had the Mm -hmm. 70s and 80s where it was basically here and there, like Woosman had, had during the NASL years. (laughs) And that, I mean, that kind of sparked something because I was, I was reading, I don't know how I got de- in depth with this, but I I got it over to the Nutmeg. It's um a fan. It's a big old um, magazine in Scotland mm-hmm. that does long form articles on yeah. Scottish soccer about thirty one arc. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know how I got into it, but it it was just before the nineteen. It was before World War One, and right they wanted me to write something about USA soccer at the time national people I'm like well um there's not really much you can say yeah you can just you don't even need to write a book you're writing a pamphlet yeah and that's what that's what i was saying with it i'm like you guys you know i mean i appreciate it i i did write up a really good third of our stuff so i i've yeah. got at least something out but the, it's the same thing but i see again there's and then the other side the Sounders get this get the go between was Pumas. I mean, mm-hmm. the Cruz is all bottomed out again. And it seems like yep. that's their MO is that they get good and then just choke. Yeah. It. I'm glad that the second leg is home. So, um, you know, basically all we have to do really is to go. I mean, like Salt Lake, RSL is so unlucky not to be the first team to win the Champions League because they had it. They had it. I mean, they hit the post. I think it was Espindola maybe or Javi, Javi Morales had hit the post in that second leg in RS in Salt Lake. And, you know, they already had the away goal. So all they needed was, you know, a win. And they just came up so short. And another little bit of trivia, Garth Lagoway is the only GM to bring uh, two teams to the Champions League final. so. But I do, one thing I hate is when they say we've never won it. Yeah, we haven't won it in this current format, but come on, give us credit. We have won, might not Champions League, but we've won the Champions Cup, you know, which was the title, you know, back before they decided to uh, do the, the, uh, the way that they do it now. And I get it, you know, it's a little, it's a lot tougher now. I know when DC United won it, it was like a weekend tournament and it was all in DC. And then the Galaxy won it 
when they want it. Uh, but you still want it, so I would still count it, you know. And yeah. that D.C. United team that won the Champions League and won the Inter-American Cup, which, you know, when they had Echeverry and Jaime Moreno, I mean, a lot of new f- people to the league that missed those early days of D.C. United, that team was so good. You know, I don't know how they would stack up now, just depth-wise, but, you know, I mean, Marco Echeverry would and Jaime Moreno would be great at any time, you know. But, um, uh, it, and the thing that's crazy is Bruce Arena was a goalkeeper when he played. And, you, and other than Matt Turner, the one thing he has never been able to figure out how to develop is goalkeepers. I mean, when DC had that run of winning titles, they had a different goalkeeper every year, you know. Uh, it's, and I just, man, he was a goalkeeper. How can he not figure it out? You know, if you think about it, I, I mean, I don't know, because I get spoiled because I think uh, Sounders had the best goalkeeper coach in Major League Soccer. I mean, uh, his pedigree. I mean, Casey Keller, when he was playing in Europe, would come back to train with Tom Dutra. because And Tommy, you know, as a player, I don't, never got higher than, like, Lehigh Valley. You know, he was a very, you know, low-level uh usl back in the early days of usl you know so he never really played you know hit the heights but as a goalkeeper coach he's fantastic i mean he coached keller he coached troy perkins he's coached Stephen fry you know you look at the goalkeepers we've had you know we've had really good keepers our whole run you know Mm -hmm. so and a lot of that's tommy it's got you know so and he's a cool guy. I mean, yeah. I talked to him at a Seattle U game once and, you know, we were watching the, I think he's in, and he's just a cool guy. I mean, he played, he, he coached the night before. So what's he do on his day off? He's checking out a college game, you know, so. Exactly. And that, that's, that's fun. But I mean, do you think obviously going into Puma now, I know they're, that. They don't play at Azteca though. So I, I was, I was thinking, oh, are we going to have to go to Aztec? I think if we would have played Cruz Azul, I think they play at Azteca right now because their stadium is being refurbished. But uh, Pumas is good. I was hearing a, a guy was talking about them on my way to work this morning. He says they're a really good team. They don't have any superstars other than, uh, what is it, Talavera, the goalkeeper, the second goalkeeper for the national team right under Ochoa. So he's the goalkeeper. So goalkeeping is going to be solid but he says they don't have a lot of superstars they have some mexican national teamers but they're just a really good team you know they just play well together so i mean it's going to be tough i was hearing an article reading an article on mls's website and they're saying well you know seattle might actually be the favorite i don't know if i'm I'm willing to go there yet because until we knock a team until an mls team knocks a mexican team off the top of the heap I have a hard time uh, anointing any team a favorite because just the budget, you know, the Mexican teams have a lot more money to play with, you know, than the major league soccer teams. Not that those, a lot of these owners don't have the deep pockets, but that's just the way the league's set up, you know, and that's not a complaint. Um, You know, people can might complain, but if you're followed it as long as we have, 
people forget, you know, especially when they start slagging on Garber as, oh, he's, you know, whatever. If it wasn't for Don Garber, we're not having this conversation today because he saved that league with what some of the decisions he made. That's just my own personal opinion. So, I mean, when they, when he took over, the league was on shaky ground. I mean, Anschutz owned half the league and Robert Kraft owned another third and Lamar Hunt owned the rest. I think there was one owner that owned one team, but other than Mm -hmm. that, it was Anschutz owned well, we don't have an investor. Ah, that's fine. You know, maybe the richest guy nobody's ever heard of. I mean, we know the name, but nobody knows anything about him because he just stays, he stays in the background. You know, Kraft is always, he's right there. Everybody knows Kraft. And you could not know Lamar Hunt because, you know, he's such a soccer guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, th- four guys on the whole league. And I was mm-hmm. just thinking, oh, man, are we going to make it? You know, they did. You know, now it's th- thriving, you know. So it's crazy uh, the trajectory from 96 to now. And and they've only folded three teams, you know, through their history, which is amazing because no other, no other league has had that kind of stability, I guess, you mm-hmm. know. From the beginning to now, I mean, they're always had some, I mean, I mean, an NFL team hasn't folded in ages, but it wasn't like that in the early days. So, you know, where's the, the Zephyrs or the Staley's or some of those old names that they came up with, you know, the, so, you know, and Kansas City King, well, not Kansas, this Kansas City no, it was the Scouts. They went. They became the Devils. But there was a team. You know, yeah. California Seals are ones that just went belly up in the NHL. You know. Yeah, they went belly up. It got put into another team because there's a brilliant. And I don't know why I bought this book because I, I buy a book for each season coming up, and I bought the mm-hmm. California Seals book. Right. That was Charles <laughs> Finley, I think, that owned them. So. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was legitimately a good book. So I'm not yeah. trying to mock the author here, but it's one of those things when you're thinking about reading about hockey, mm-hmm. the seals, really? I mean, you could literally just go, okay, I'm going to want to read about the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I, I hear I hear what you're saying, but you think about it. This Canadian story has been told, I mean, so many times. All you're doing is hearing another version of the same story, but nobody's probably told the seals story, so... You know, that might yeah. be interesting just I mean, for it that. was interesting to a point. I mean, and I, I have something on order that I want to get. It's about the Kansas City Scouts, because obviously yeah. I lived in Lawrence for years. And yeah. Hopefully I'm going back eventually. But what I'm thinking is that you did, it, it combined with, I think, the Minnesota team or whatever. But And that that's the thing with, with MLS is that it's been so – worth it right now. Now, I don't get why they extended to Charlotte. I mean, I, I like the fact that Christian Brooks is here, but... Yeah. I, I mean, think it just came down to money. That yeah. owner had money and was willing, and they had that stadium, you know. And you can't really complain. It's been good. You know, the team that actually yeah. I think is impressive this year has been Nashville. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I watched them when they played us. I mean, 
Talk about uh, your second act being better than your first. Uh, Walker Zimmerman's having a, you know, he's probably the best center back in the pool for the national team. I know John Brooks has just kind of fell off the face of the earth and, uh, you know, form wise. And I think he's actually playing better now, but, you know, you don't want to give another guy a chance to get in the door because Zimmerman is in and him and Miles Robinson are, for me, I, they, they, they're probably the starting center backs for the USA in the world cup. So that's just my opinion. And I think, uh, and I, I'm, you know, I think that other than maybe the other side, I mean, I think the three of the four set Robinson, Robinson, Zimmerman, and whoever, if Dest is healthy over there, great. But if, you know, not him, I don't know if DeAndre, maybe DeAndre, but you know, Reggie Cannon, there is options over there, you know, I mean, Dest is just so good going forward. You know, he's got a little bit of that, you know, unpredictability uh, offensively that we ha- don't usually have. Um, but we have some options, which how many teams have options at left back? I mean, that that's that is like the the black hole of football position because you have one, you're lucky. If you have none, you're normal. And if you have one and a couple of uh, pretty good backups. You're, you know, you're living in a penthouse. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, I mean, I, I would love to smack the Minnesota Minnesota ones because they're they're just walking around, but they've got that great. Mm-hmm. They've got that great. Oh, They've got that great arena on in the dockyards in Minnesota, and I do. I I do want to go to a game in Minnesota. A, because I want to go to Westperdine's bar. I mean, that's one of my biggest reasons. I just want to go to Westperdine's bar, and I want to go see the Loons. Actually, I want to see Minnesota City or Minneapolis City because you know we've had them on the pod, and I, I, I have a one of my bucket list things is to go see every team that we've had on the pod, you know. Yeah, so. and, and, and to be honest, Wes and I don't see eye to eye or talk anymore because, yeah. well, anyway, I'm not going to get Yeah, fair enough. You will. I still want to go to his bar, though. Oh, of course I do. I want to walk in there and shake his hand because yeah. for what he has done for the sport and yeah. having that bar and his – Watching his YouTube, not his YouTube, his Insta stories and everything during 2020, I have a lot of respect yeah. for, that man, for, what he, for what he has done. But what, what I'm saying about Minnesota is that you need to go somewhere in about this time of the year mm-hmm. and go with go with a bunch of people because Minnesota, obviously, I lived there for six years, yeah. is a lot of fun. Is legitimately a lot of fun. There. Doing like the uh, Mary Tyler Moore walk where she does flings the hat during the show. Oh, sweet! You can, you can I love Mary that. Tyler Moore. Yeah, she was good looking up until her death, and I don't understand that because <laughs> she never was in Hollywood. And I keep looking at that, going, "How?" Because I know when I get to about seventy, I'm going to look like I'm not going to have that. But Minnesota is a lot of fun, and following something like Minnesota City, going up and seeing the loons. Seeing like mm-hmm. the Bridget McDonald, seeing all the people, McDonald's, seeing the yeah. people up there that we all know would be great. And I mean, yeah. I, 
there's a part of me that does want to go back to Minneapolis because of all the friends I have there. Mm -hmm. And it would be a blast. I mean, that's why I want to get out of New York. There's a lot of traveling of teams. I mean, I even want to to travel and see some of the smaller ones, like um, New Mexico United. Yeah. I mean, they're getting good crowds. Yeah. And and that's the other reason. I I think for New Mexico... A lot of that might have been just good timing because, you know, the University of New Mexico had dropped their men's program literally the year before or the year then Minnesota United started, which was a bummer. You know, it'd be like, uh, who, who's a good example? Uh, maybe like Butler, you know, good mid-major, made, made the final a few years ago, you know, but I'll, usually pretty good deciding to drop basketball. I mean, that kind yeah. of a, you know, it's like – what? Why? Oh, it's expensive. Uh, but you know, you, New Mexico has always had good had a good program, and then they yeah. dropped it. So, and there, so there's a void, and you know, Me- New Mexico United came. I'm granted, I don't think they I think they draw better now than the, probably the Lobos ever did. But um, but yeah, you know, and- you know how it goes. You know, when the Sounders played in the USL, and we had. The biggest crowd I not other than CenturyLink opening the first time before when it was Fortress when it was Quest or whatever, Seahawks Stadium I think it was that that year when they had a huge crowd. But generally I think the biggest crowd I ever saw at a Sounders game when I went was the U.S. Open Cup game against I think Dallas and they had ten thousand people, but mostly it was like twelve two thousand or twenty five hundred you know for the USL because you know it wasn't major league so you know a lot of seattleites didn't want to come so you had the diehards and that was yeah. it um so and i think that might have i think the diehard soccer fans in albuquerque ended up going to lobo games and then they went away so they checked out united and uh you know and then just the casual because it's you know it's an event it's like any you know town uh you know, because other than the University of New Mexico and the Dukes and the, well, whatever, the Diceotopes now in the summer, there's not a lot in Albuquerque, I don't think. I mean, I grew, was born there, but I haven't been, I've never been back. So, um, well, I mean, I, I do have family out there for the, yeah. And, and, um, New Mexico is a lot <laughs> of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. looking to move into that area too, but I mean, one of the things that's that's going to be the type of fun. I mean, something like even like Colorado Springs, which is just a gorgeous town. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, Colorado Springs is awesome. Colorado College yeah. is there. I, Air Force I, Academy's I, there. You know, I have a very long story about my dad and I being pissed drunk in the Capitol area that I can't say online. <laughs> and then I'll sing the pre-show. That's very, very, very funny to be honest with yeah. you because it's. One of only three times I've ever seen my dad beyond two two beers. Wow. Ever. And we're both looking at each other going, oh, crap. <laughs> we don't right. know where we are. Might as well have another one now. Either way. Yeah. Either way. But, um, no, that's one of the reasons why I'm going there. Um, one of the things we're going to do for a bit, once a month, twice a month, mm-hmm. even if I don't do it with Duffy, is going to talk a little bit more flamenco stuff. It's not my goal, folks, to do a second pod. I do want to get enough people that are um, wanting to talk 
flamenco and English to do their own pie. Yeah. To do their own one. Because to be honest, <coughs> I am, as, yes, as I have said at the beginning, I could be doing this for the next 20 years. I'm not mm-hmm. going, I'm not going, I'm not going back weekly anymore. That's, or by, by monthly. That's just not going to happen. I mean, yeah. Duffy's got too much to do and I'm, well, weird. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's put it nicely. But anyway, to, to, to wrap the show with the last 15 minutes, we are going to talk flamenco. And um, it's been an interesting year for the team. Obviously, they decided to go for another European manager in Paolo Sousa. That's crazy. <laughs> like yeah, they can't I find mean, a, a manager in Brazil. Uh, you know. I mean, well, not that I mean, that's bad, like but. Four you know, of them after George yeah. Jesus left. You just. I mean, coaching carousels in Brazil are are crazy. Uh, how how I mean, guys get hired and fights like, all the time. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's thing about doing the manuscript for the 1981 is that mm-hmm. alone for the um, going into the final stretch of the 1981 season, there were three there were three managers. And the last manager, Paulo Carpania, literally they dragged him back out having retired a week before. And he came back four separate times after that. Mm-hmm. And most of that team outside of Zico have coached and won titles with Flamenco. They've come back, yeah. we come back, come back again. I mean, Carpania was just there four years ago and he's got to be close to 70 by now because he retired at 35 and 81 so that's with it but you know i keep hearing i keep hearing sniff around i keep seeing people sniffing around what daddy goal to come back to europe and you know how it worked the first time when they brought him to inter which is weird that he didn't hit at inter to be honest with you, is that mm-hmm. that's always a club that can get, I mean, they had real Ronaldo there, they they have always have one or two players that yeah, but <laughs> you see, I mean, um, Flamenco has to, they just played, what is that, Polaris? This, yeah, they just played Polaris a couple, weeks, a couple days ago, but they're, they're just cruising again, I mean, the the results mm-hmm. were from yeah, they're doing well in the Yeah, which they, is a lot of fun. To I think watch. there's I mean, yeah, they're they're kicking ass in the Libby. So you know, and I love that tournament. So yeah, yeah. and they've but yeah, I think they're, they're, uh, uh, I'm trying to look, I'm trying to find the standings yeah. of the Lib, Lib, Copa Lib. Yeah, and since the um, last one of the doors, they won what, which was 2019-2020, which... Yeah, there... There is a... Great... I mean, granted, it's only two games in, but... I can't... Go ahead. And they've got six. They've got six with it, and um, there's a great... And I know you have enough paraphernalia in soccer to have your own mansion, but um, there's... And I will email you not email i'll text you the link i have a place where i got i have this i have a zico jersey 
Ivan Seco jersey that came out. Yeah, there you go. That's the softest T-shirt I've ever had in my life. But they have they have mm-hmm. um they have a they have the um, Copa Lib actual medal for twenty bucks. Wow! I'm like oh, there you go. That would I'm be like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because the one thing that I I have the biggest because I, I don't I have memorabilia, but I don't have a lot that I am mm-hmm. so angry that I didn't get. Is years ago on the Nottingham Forest online store, they were selling the replica medals of the back-to-back European Cups for like yeah thirty or forty pounds. Mm-hmm. So I fifty bucks it. maybe. Yeah, about fifty bucks. I'm like, that's yeah. reasonable. I never yeah. bought it. Never. And to this day, I mean, it pisses. I I have a Stuart Pierce jersey. I mean, I'm not quite a Forest fan, but I don't hate. No, that. no, it's I, so I hear you. To this day, that I didn't didn't get one of those one of those medals. So this mm-hmm. um, place that I go that has all it does all of the. It's basically uh, um. I think it's future fanatics or something like that. Yeah. That does the um, Brazilian um, soccer teams. And it has everything. I'm looking at it going, I need it. <laughs> I need it. Oh, I yeah. need it. Yeah. I mean, especially since I wrote the book on it. Yeah. And when I was, I bought a Freddie Adu bobblehead while I had COVID. So <laughs> I got it for yeah. like five bucks, though. It was a, no, I got it cheap. It was a bid. And I, and, the lowest bid, I, I, I think I paid six bucks when that bid was done, so maybe eleven with the shipping. So yeah, I got yeah. a Freddie Adu bobblehead with DC United. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the same thing because I, I like to shop that type of stuff when I feel down, and that mm-hmm. that's why I got the Zico, um, jersey. Is that for each book I do, I get more and more for it. I don't have, yeah. I like. For like the um, Boca book, I have a signed jersey of one of the players that played with Maradona nice. in 81, which is great. And once I yeah. get my new place, I'm <coughs> I'm um, framing all of my signed stuff because I've got stuff of other yeah. other things. And I've got a I've got a Raquel me jersey that Ray Hudson finds absolutely amazing. So I had to get Flamengo stuff, and I've got a, a I made through the terrace. I made a um, ticket cup that mm-hmm. said for the Intercontinental Cup when um, Liverpool when um, Zico just ran all over Liverpool on that. And yeah. I've got I've got stuff for the next book. It, I don't have anything for Brondi for the next book after that. But well, mm-hmm. I I have family that Denmark. That's that's literally not hard for me to get. But yeah. It's you know it's interesting seeing that with Flamenco and that's it's the weird thing that when I'm talking about this when I because I reached out on Twitter and it's the great thing with having as much writing as I have recently yeah. that I can ask pointed questions like this is that there isn't any there isn't much English based Flamenco stuff out there right I remember I think didn't we like it was a 
couple of summers ago have a flamingo guy on the pod. I think yeah, in English. Uh, Mar- yeah. Marcello. He's, yes, um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. He knows um, Gabrielle um, from the right. Boca pod quite well. I, I remember I was that was one of the transit pods when I was driving to a game, doing it in rush hour on my on my speaker in my car. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, no, I don't. You're right. I don't think I haven't found very many, you know, which is that's the thing about a lot of the South American clubs is uh but you would think flamingo is not a small we're not talking about a small south american club you know no offense yeah. to Jao paulo it's not botafogo <clears throat> and i just pulled that one out of the air or like sarah yeah. Pitanio from paraguay you know i would i would not be surprised if there was a i would be kind of surprised if there was an english language pod for one of those maybe like penarol or nacional of uruguay they they might have one maybe Doubtful no, though. there's nothing. The, the, yeah. the only thing in South America that I know of, there's a couple in South America outside of Tim Vickery's stuff, and he yeah. Tim on, and he does an overview the, of of the whole continent, yeah. basically. And he knows, and I and um through doing the Flamenco book, I was keyed into people that know him personally. Yeah, and. They say he's like the most pro- approachable Brit in all of South America. Which someone asked him that he goes, "No, I'm just I'm just an Ottoman fan." And in um, I think he's in Sao Paulo. I forgot exactly where he is mm-hmm. down there. But anyway, that's the thing is that outside of the World Football Index one, and I know our our friend Pablo that does the that it runs the. Santos in English pod mm-hmm. and Santos in English um, Twitter account because he's doing one. We I talked to him briefly because yeah. I want him to do stuff. Is that there's nothing out there? I mean, if you type in flamenco in um, iTunes, you come up with all the Portuguese ones. Yeah. Right. Either we got to learn Portuguese or uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing when I was looking at the, I. I was joking. I was on. <coughs> I was on the Gentleman Ultra Pod about a mm. week, week and a half ago, and we were talking back and forth about Zico, how much of a wonderful player he was, and just yeah. when you watch the when you watch the YouTube videos of the Liverpool side, because that's a team with some hard men in the center. I mean, Graham yeah. Sonis had fun two-footing people and mm-hmm. he was just they were just running rough shot over that we were making the we were making the thing is that flamenco is exceedingly very well known it's the most supported team yeah in brazil and i know they're they're making inroads to coming up here into the states that would be cool but the fact that with such an iconic franchise like that, mm-hmm. sorry, club, too damn American sometimes. That's all right. That, we are yeah. Americans, so we're yeah. excused. But you would you would think with Zico going through there a couple times, Romero, Romario going through there a couple mm-hmm. times, Socrates going through there. I mean, Pele even played a match there, and I that. I use that as my um, avatar every so often. 
that especially with how well because Haley I think still has a house or mm. an apartment in New York City. I, uh, when I he's not in I would doubt it. Yeah, because yeah, I mean he's got to be in his 80s now and he's not I know he's not doing well, but at the same yeah. point, it's Palin. He speaks English. Fluent. Yeah. And, I mean, I know Zico does. There's, and that's the odd thing. So there's people in this in, in, the, in football that don't speak the language, speak right. English. Diego Simeone is the one that confuses me the most. <clears throat> How he doesn't know English is beyond me. Well, some of that, uh, you know, I think a lot of that is they probably do. I know I can, like Ichiro, for example, when he played for the Mariners, he could understand English pretty well. I think he could speak it too. But when he was talking to the media, he always had the translators like, ah, you know, no habla espanol. I know, no speak yeah. English. And I think, uh, I think a lot. I know, uh, like Rui Diaz for the Sounders, for example. I know his English is still not super good because I remember one day, I think it was last summer, just watching TV, totally unrelated to football, and I get a text from my son's girlfriend who works at Trek, you know, the bike shop, you know, and she's you know fanboying big time. She's like, "Oh my God, Rui Diaz is in the shop," you know, and he he's her favorite player. And then uh, she was, of course, she's talking to him and, you know, he's trying to buy a bike for his kid and he can, he's doesn't speak very good English. And he's like, oh, you know, my English isn't very good. So, um, but, but a lot of those guys, I think it's just, it's just another layer of protection when you're yeah. dealing with media, just like, ah, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. So I just say, I can't speak English very well. And it usually stops any argument. So. Yeah. yeah, but that's the difference here in the states. Is you can flip to that no no delay, and you will have someone in the area that will flip the language. Right? Because how many? I mean, even in your, even when you were in school, you you came from school having to take a second language. Uh, I never did. I I managed to skip that. I can't remember how I graduated from college without that. T- well, I think my 1983 is when I started college. I think that was the last year that you could you could do another class. I know that's how I didn't need math to graduate from college. True, uh, because 83 point, I took. Yeah, but no, yeah, was- there was Spanish. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a high school and. Or a college where you couldn't take Spanish, just for example. Or French. Uh, or, yeah. Or yeah. It's, uh, it's, Swahili, which they had a yeah. class at the UW. And apparently, it's an easy language to learn, so a lot of people took Swahili. Oh, it, it is. I, because of my coaching, I, there, there's a number, and my, one, of, one of the kids I used to coach says, you should actually try it because it's easier. And I've, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm still taking Spanish one for mm-hmm. 20 years. But that's yeah. A, that's a whole other issue, but um, it's easier now to do that. But it's it's not the basis anymore of going English to what right. language is. Someone like um, Simeon, who is Argentinian, so yeah. he's Spanish and he's in Madrid. Right. I think 
I think he knows Italian too. I would imagine since he played at Inter for a long time yeah. too. So, and I forget. I, I think he was. I don't know. If, I don't remember if he was in France also or something. Because I know, <clears throat> I know it comes up all the time that right. um, teams want him, and there's no way in hell he's leaving Madrid anytime soon. I'm no, not. unless they can him, which I don't see. You know, but I yeah, I'm with you. I think he's at at Atletico. For as long as he kind of wants. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, he's not a young man by any stretch of imagination because he's been out. He's been out of co- He's been out of playing for a while. Yeah. I mean, he took he took Beckham out of a. Um, right, I think, and he was a veteran when he goaded Beckham into the red card in ninety. Yeah, and that's what nineties almost. That was ninety eight. Yeah, it was in yeah. France. So you got to think. You got to loosely think about that. Simeon's got to be damn close to 60 at this point. There's uh, maybe, no way yeah. in hell. There's no way in hell he leaves Madrid. Because he's guaranteed every two or three years a cup, a, a cup, a league title, or a deep run in one of yeah. champions or UEFA Cup. He goes anywhere else and has to reboot. Yeah. That's I not going to help you. Sometimes, yeah, no, I agree. Sometimes... And I, I don't think enough coaches do that. Think about, you know, the grass isn't always greener. You know, they, I mean, and you see it in college basketball all the time. I mean, that St. guy who, who ran, who sent St. Peter's to the final eight or the elite eight and then took a job. Literally the moment they got knocked off, he went back. I mean, it was his alma mater. So that yeah. that's a little more understandable, uh, but it happens all the time, you know, you see, guys. Well, but Sh- yeah, but Shaheen was always going to go. Shaheen yeah, no, fair enough. Always, because that's a New Jersey one. And, yeah. I mean, I don't think, and Shaheen is maybe. He's young. So, yeah. Yeah, he's young. Because I remember him coming through in high school because he was in this area. Because he's, the thing with college basketball, there are areas that you're well known for mm-hmm. and he's legitimately one of the top five or ten high school guards to ever come out of the tri-state area oh, okay, legitimately cool. i mean yeah. some of the stuff that he was playing and this is god early 2000s mm-hmm. but i i've said i've seen some of his stuff it's how he didn't make it beyond college is beyond me uh, right place, right time. A lot of that just comes down to that. Yeah, you know. I mean, and, I, and this is a different topic for another time. I'm a huge right. basketball fan. I yep. have this. I have this. You can't. Long... You can't go to University of Kansas and not be a huge basketball fan, or they expel you. Well, you know. yeah, and I and I <laughs> to be honest, I also know um, Jim Beheim personally, so it's ah, a, cool. a whole other issue. But yeah. what I'm saying is that we have. There's a whole. Di- argument in my family about the spacing of the game nowadays and I, I'm again a basketball fan and there are certain players that we saw from that generation that should be playing now right I mean as good as um wow Steph Curry I was about to say Del Curry's son it's the same mm-hmm. thing it's the same yeah. person is that you had a lot of guards that came out in that era that yeah his dad was good 
might yeah. not be as good as him, but man, his dad was really good. Dell says the same thing. Dell says the same thing. The funny thing is, um, Atlantic Hawks, Trey Young. I, I was at Kansas when his father was at Texas Tech, and he was at Texas Tech the year or two before Bobby Knight got there. His yeah. father, to a T, I will say this, should have been a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ray Young is a better shooter than his son is. Yeah. And, and Trey, I, I saw Trey, I've seen Trey. Trey's a great player, but that, that's yeah. the point with that. And um, that's what we're, that's what you see. <clears throat> <clears throat> and the wrap we're going on almost 75 minutes i'm gonna wrap this up pretty yeah. quickly but yeah once with, we start getting on to college basketball it's, yeah yeah but, uh, yeah that which i would love to do a college basketball show but again i'm I, i'm a little bit whooped from that point but anyway mm-hmm. flamenco's got um another couple games coming up and we yeah. will talk about them coming up even if i do a short show yeah but no, anyway, no worries let's do it yeah yeah, and I, and I know now that since I'm not working for the second straight month and I'm enjoying it, yeah, way too damn much, <laughs> way too much. God, if I, if, I, if I take as much joy out of not working now when I retire, mm-hmm. I'm going to retire to some a vacant lot in like New Mexico and no one's ever going to see me. Yeah, because well, I'm hey. Happy. Live yeah. your dreams, man. Live your dreams. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be on, like, my 14th book. It'll be something like, Baista's 1970s team and why it was different. Yeah. Lord. I have, wait, as, I, as I said to Duffy in a text, guys, I have eight more books outlined and researched. You're going to hear from, from me for a long, long time. So, anyway... This was fun, Duffy. We should. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm glad we waited until. Well, yeah. Matter. Glad that I'm no longer. Dis- I am now disease free. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> the disease of COVID. We don't know. We don't know the disease of soccer. Ooh. Yeah. My ears oh. are going off. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. We will talk when we we will talk again later. Cool.